Sup guys, this is Joe Blair, host of the Sports Gamble Ramble. I want to take a few seconds here to tell you guys about the Anchor app by Spotify. It is the app that I use to record and promote all of these episodes that you guys have been listening to. It's super easy to use. It's free to download. It uh, gives you the ability to edit and launch your podcast right from your phone or computer. Um, ton of upside to this, super user friendly, uh, and also gives you the ability to monetize your podcast and record nifty little ad reads like this so you know if you're ever interested in starting your own podcast or know anyone that is uh download the anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started and thank you for listening we're back for one more cranking out episode number three for the day. This is SGR 41, and we are finishing our season preview series with the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, so we finally made it, guys. This is uh, the last one here for our off-season review season preview. Last year, the Falcons went 4-12, and finished last in the NFC South. Um, they finished last in the NFC in the entire conference, uh, getting the number four overall pick in the NFL draft. Obviously did not make the playoffs. Main headline for this team, I guess there's two of them. They traded Julio Jones away in the offseason, uh, future first ballot Hall of Famer, and there's a coaching change. Um, head coach Dan Quinn got fired halfway through the season last year. Uh, interim head coach Raheem Morris was not retained on this staff. Uh, they hired former offensive coordinator for the Tennessee Titans, Arthur Smith. So we'll talk about him in the coaching breakdown. Um Going back to how this team performed last year, recapping the numbers, offensively they were 16th in points per game, 24.8, 18th in yards per game, 369, nice. Uh, defensively, 19th in points per game, 25.9, uh, 29th in yards per game, 398. This team was a real uh, leaking faucet on defense, uh, giving up just crazy amounts of yardage. I think to start the season over the first half, they were historically one of the worst defenses in NFL history. They tightened up a little bit over the second half when they made that switch from Dan Quinn to Raheem Morris, uh, saving them from a last place finish. Um, but this was a historically bad defense for the first half of the season. Um, they blew so many leads, just blowout, uh, not blowout, shootout loss after shootout loss. The offense could keep up, but the defense couldn't stop anything. And to be honest, I kind of expect more of the same this year going forward. Um, but the turnover margin was plus three, which is actually somewhat impressive for a defense this bad. They were tied 13th in the league there. We'll get into the coaching. I mentioned Arthur Smith. Um, really all that I know about Arthur Smith is that he was the Titans offensive coordinator the last two years down in Tennessee. And he got a lot of credit for the success that they had with that offense being one of the more efficient units in the NFL the last two years. Now it could, you could make an argument several different ways that Arthur Smith was responsible for that, or really it was because Derrick Henry became uh, the most dominant rushing force in the NFL. Maybe it was the um, changeover at the quarterback position. Maybe the offense sucked with Mariota, but once Tannehill got in there, things started working. So there's a lot of different variables contributing to that success in Tennessee. It's going to be interesting to see, you know, how things shake out for Arthur Smith in Atlanta, given we don't really know how good of a coach this guy is. He did run a well-oiled machine on that offense with the Titans. But like I said, how much of the responsibility was that of Arthur Smith or how much was the personnel that he had on the field? Because that team was really talented. 
So we will see. His offensive coordinator is Dave Ragone, uh, Ragoni, maybe. Um, he was with Tennessee from 2011 to 2012. He was with Washington in 2015 after a couple years off. And uh, Chicago from 2016 to 2020 as an offensive quality control coach. Um, defensive coordinator is Dean Pease. And this is a guy that I love his track record as a defensive coordinator. Arthur Smith, the offensive mind. So we're not spending too much time on Dave Rigoni, the OC. Uh, but defensive coordinator Dean Pease, he's a guy that I've been really impressed with throughout his time in the NFL. He was the Ravens defensive coordinator from 2012 to 2017, uh, where they did win a Super Bowl during that time. Um, and he was also the Tennessee Titans off, uh, defensive coordinator for the last uh, two seasons um, under uh, Mike Vrabel and coaching alongside Arthur Smith. So Arthur got this head coaching job, brought Dean Pease over from the Titans. And Dean Pease is a veteran, you know, uh, defensive coordinator who knows what he's doing. So I think that's a great hire as far as, you know, Arthur Smith going to be in control of the offense. First time head coach, you want to get a veteran defensive coordinator. So you don't even have to worry about that side of the ball. Good hire. Um, so we'll get into free agency. We'll get into the personnel here. You know, obviously I'm not trying to spend a half an hour talking about these last place finishing teams. Key losses, obviously Julio Jones, uh, future hall of famer went over to Tennessee. Uh, really excited to see how his season plays out there. And some other big name starters that they lost veteran center, Alex Mack, who was a great anchor to that offensive line and safety Keanu Neal left after finishing up his rookie deal. He signed with the Cowboys. Um, the rest of the names that they lost in free agency, most of them are not too big of names, but I will rattle them off for you. Like I always do. Uh, safety DeMonte Casey, offensive guard, Justin McCray, defensive end, Charles Harris, free safety, Ricardo Allen, cornerback, Bleedy Ray Wilson, uh, tight end Luke Stocker, cornerback Darquez Denard, and linebacker Leroy Reynolds. So not many big names there. Uh, the safety, Demonte Casey, got a decent amount of playing time uh, when I think Neil went down with an injury recently, um, but both are gone. So this is a defense that not only was bad last year, but lost a few key pieces on that defense. Um I don't see there being much defensive talent left on this roster, to be honest. I think they're going to be bad again. Key additions. Uh, let's get into it. Running back Mike Davis. I talked about the Panthers on last episode, so you know who he is coming over from Carolina. Safety Eric Harris. Uh, running back slash special teamer Cordero Patterson. Linebacker Barkevius Mingo. Strong safety Duran Harmon. Uh, cornerback Fabian Moreau, running back Deontay Foreman, and wide receiver Taji Sharp. They had one key re-signing. He's a defensive end, Stephen Means. Uh, he's kind of a depth piece, but I will mention he was on the Eagles practice squad for a number of years and was a preseason superstar every year. So he's got potential, just never really given that great of an opportunity in the NFL. So we're cruising right along here, guys. I don't have much to say about the Falcons. We'll get into the draft. Uh, Number four overall pick of the draft, highest drafted tight end in NFL history, Kyle Pitts, was their first rounder. I will say about Pitts, I mentioned how I'm not high on him on my tight ends being drafted too early segment, but I will say uh, I was impressed by his only preseason action. He did play this weekend and had a beautiful you know, 30, 40-yard catch and run where he was looking athletic, he was looking big, he was looking physical, he was making guys miss. I'm starting to come around to the Kyle Pitts fantasy value because I'm starting to think that he will be used 
much more aggressively than any rookie tight end really ever has been. I compared his rookie season to what Evan Ingram finished with in 2015. And I think Pitts really at this point does have a a potential to blow that season out of the water. I don't see him being used as a traditional tight end. Will he be used, you know, to block and to line up with his hand in the dirt every now and then? Yes. But um, this team didn't spend a top five pick to have this guy block. They spent it to turn this guy into their Julio Jones replacement. And um, I'm starting to come around to that more and more as we get closer to the season in the fact that I think he's an outlier at the tight end position. Round two, safety Richie Grant. Round four, offensive lineman Jalen Mayfield. Round four, cornerback Daryl Hall. Round four, offensive lineman Drew Dalman. That's the draft recap. Nobody really worth talking about besides Pitts. Strength of schedule is 30th for this team, so it looks like a pretty easy schedule at first glance. But to be honest, I see this Falcons team having such a bad defense that I don't know how many of these easy opponents they're going to be able to beat. I think the offense will be good and it will keep them in games, and they'll definitely be able to handle the lower-tier competition of the league, like uh, the Lions, um, the Texans, you know, those bottom-of-the-barrel teams. But even games against the Jets, Jags, Eagles, Giants – you know, some of these more inferior opponents could go either way for this Falcons team. I give them the benefit of the doubt over the Jags. And if I had to guess, I'd say Atlanta beats Philly week one also to get off to a decent start. But I'm not sure they're better than every other team in the division. You know, if I had to guess right now, head coach in his first year, not always an easy transition. Like I said, the personnel on the offensive line and the defense is not very good. Um, so it's going to be tough to see this team really taking a massive step forward. Uh, the win total is seven and a half and I didn't actually, you know, the odds really surprised me when I saw this at first, but the over is favored. The over seven and a half is favored at minus minus one thirty-five. The under is plus one Oh five. If I had to guess, I'd probably lean towards the under here. Just cause like I said, like, I think a lot of these middle of the pack teams are going to be able to handle Atlanta, you know, the Patriots, the Redskins, the Cowboys, you know, these teams that are kind of on the bubble of maybe being good, I, I give them the edge over Atlanta. I think the Dolphins are better than this team. They have to play the Bucks twice. You know, I, I, I'm just not sure. They have to play the Bills. They have to play the Saints twice. So I'm not really getting overly optimistic with the personnel that I see on this defense. I would lean towards the under seven and a half, and I don't understand why the over is favored. I guess that schedule is easy, but I don't know if this defense is going to be enough to keep them in games. So. I lean towards the under, but I have no strong opinion on that. I definitely don't think this team makes the playoffs. Even if they manage to get over that seven and a half, it's going to be by the skin of their teeth. Uh, The divisional odds are plus 1,100. The conference odds are plus 5,400. And the Super Bowl odds are 110 to 1. So good luck with that. If you want to bet any of it, I won't be taking. I think this team is a rough start away from a complete rebuild, to be honest. And, um... While we're on the subject, if this team doesn't win this year, it could easily be Matt Ryan's last year in Atlanta. It's just, you know, if you have the opportunity to rebuild, if you have a high enough draft pick next year, are they going to be tempted to take a quarterback? There was conversation about that this year, you know, with them having a top four pick and having first um, five first-round quarterbacks taken in this class. There was debate on whether they should take Kyle Pitts or another player or if they should take a quarterback like Justin Fields sitting there at number four for them. So – We'll see, you know, if Fields or Mac Jones turns into a stud 
and this Atlanta team can't find a replacement for Matt Ryan in the near future, uh, could be kind of a messy situation. So playoffs, yes, minus 260. Excuse me, playoffs, yes, plus 200, no, minus 260. Obviously leaning towards the no there. And uh, we'll get into the fantasy breakdown. Uh, we're going for a record here as far as shortest episode on the pod. Um, Matt Ryan, 13th, 14th round pick. Pretty safe guy that you can get at the end of your drafts. I don't know if I love his upside this year without Julio, but I will say between Calvin Ridley, Kyle Pitts, and their third receiver, Russell Gage, who I think is sneaky, he's got enough weapons to produce this year. He does not provide you with any sort of rushing baseline at all. So that is a bit concerning as we get into this landscape of young mobile quarterbacks in the NFL really taking over the fantasy uh, landscape. You know, I, I would say that guys like Matt Ryan and Ben Roethlisberger really have to explode through the passing game to provide you with fantasy relevance at this point. There's probably other options I'm looking at this year for sure. But if you need kind of a steady Eddie streamer option, um, a guy that you can alternate based on matchups, Matt Ryan has some fantasy value. He just doesn't have that top five upside for me anymore. Um, Mike Davis running back going around the sixth round in your fantasy draft. And I think it's one of the better values in the draft in terms of the running back position. There's really nobody else on this depth chart to challenge him for touches. The backup running backs are Quadre Olison, Caleb Huntley, and Cordero Patterson. None of them are going to be stealing any sort of volume. So I do think Mike Davis is a guy that you can trust as far as being one of the last available true starting running backs that you can get in your fantasy drafts. Him and Damian Harris are kind of the cutoff point for me. Every running back that's going after them in your drafts, uh, it's going to be a struggle to get any high um, consistent uh, volume. So Mike Davis, I think, is a guy with uh, relatively high upside for where he's going in your drafts. I think that's a good target if you're desperate for – a second or third RB at this point in your draft. You're not taking any of the backups. There's no clear handcuff. And then we got the receivers. Calvin Ridley, second round pick. You're not overthinking Calvin Ridley here. He was a top five receiver last year. He's actually, I guess the main conversation about Calvin is can he step into that number one role with no Julio Jones on this team? And I don't have any doubt that he can. He's one of the better, if not the best route runners in the NFL. It seems like he's always open because he is always open because when you can run routes as good as this guy is, you can create separation against almost anyone in the league and you can find holes in that defense if they're running his own scheme relatively easy. Um, so Ridley's a guy that's going to get his targets. He's going to get his yardage. He's been a double digit touchdown guy throughout his career and his numbers have shown that in the games that Julio has missed due to injury over the last two years, Calvin Ridley av actually averages more fantasy points and more yards per game in the games that he plays without Julio. So if you're worried about the attention that Julio draws as a number one receiver, um, Calvin Ridley can handle being the number one receiver on this team. I have no doubts. So he should be drafted as a top five receiver again in fantasy. Um, I feel fine with that in the second round. If he's your wide receiver one, you're fine with it. Other two receivers worth mentioning on this, Russell Gage, he's one of my favorite late-round sleepers, 14th round in your fantasy drafts. Had some sneaky games last year filling in for Julio Jones when he missed injury time, and uh, he's obviously going to step into that number two receiver role this year. 
really it'll probably be Ridley's the one, Kyle Pitts is the two, Russell Gage is the three. But I think this offense can sustain three guys, at least with flex appeal. I think Russell Gage is a guy that will provide some really good depth really late in your drafts. And there's one more receiver that is worth mentioning because he popped up a couple times last year throughout the season, but wasn't consistent enough to really uh, warrant uh, rostering. His name is Alamidi Zacchaeus. And I hope that I got that, but I'm not trying it again. He's their third receiver on their depth chart. Um, He's not being drafted in fantasy, but he's a guy to be aware of, uh, as I usually say at this point in the podcast. Um, Lastly, tight ends, Kyle Pitts. He's going in the fourth round at this point. It's still too high for me. I'm not going to invest the draft pick. There's too many receivers and running backs I still like in the draft. And I feel like I'd rather take my shot on a Tyler Higby or a Jonu Smith later in the draft. Um, Hayden Hurts not being drafted, should not being drafted. I do think he will still have a role on the field, especially if they want to use Pitts more in the slot or out wide as a true receiver. Hurst should be that tight end that's on the field used to pick up the slack in the blocking game. He is a strong blocker. I know that from his college tape, so he can fill that role. He was kind of a disappointment for this team last year. A lot of buzz in the fantasy community about Hurts potentially breaking out, but he was never really going to be an elite pass-catching tight end, in my opinion. So I think this is a better role for him. He can fill a purpose for this team without being fantasy relevant, and I think that's what he'll do. So this was a quick one, guys. I wanted to make it a quick one. I'm kind of tired. I've been doing a lot today. I've been talking for like eight straight hours right now. So, um, yeah, that's it. That's our season previews. Glad to have those done. I'm probably taking a day off of recording tomorrow. I think I've earned it. I have my fantasy drafts over the next two days. So from a personal perspective, I'm going to be busy this week. But I will be getting you guys some more episodes at the end of this week uh, talking about player props, win totals, Super Bowl bets, all the futures that I'm looking at for the season. So we're getting here, guys. Preseason's behind us. It's draft week. And we are ready to rock. Hope you guys have enjoyed these. 32 up, 32 down, just like I said. Um, So thank you for listening and ramble on. 